You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman, and I'm here with my co-host, McQuaid Arnold. McQuaid, how are you doing on this Victory Sunday? I am doing good, and as ugly as of a win that we're going to get, I'm still going to celebrate Victory Sunday any other way. Yeah, you don't, you don't, get, you don't get style points for wins, you right? Ultimately, they, they all count the same. Yep. Um, but that being said, I think there are, there is some stuff the Packers need to work on. Definitely, um, the it was a it was a, it was a very strange game. It felt like it felt like the first couple drives, the offense just sputtered. The defense, after you know an early drive that led to a field goal, held up really well. And then second half, the the offense actually ended up scoring its season high in points. But then the defense struggled against the run and against a you know rookie fourth round pick. So it it what were your what were your kind of general impressions? Your just your the biggest thoughts coming out of this game that they kind of stuck out to you. Biggest thoughts is that we're going to pay Rashawn Gary whatever he asked for. <laughs> yeah, whatever he asked for. Um, that's number one, right? That man was a that man filled up the stat sheet and still didn't do his his performance justice. Um, that was great to see, but y- you know it just it just still feel we're we're almost. You know, now there's 17 games in a season. We're kind of at the quarter of the way mark through the season, but not quite yet. Um, and, you know, it still feels like this team is is trying to put stuff together. I think that the way I'm going to view these type of wins is since 2011, right, and beyond, the last decade or so, this this team has most of the time been predicated on just score more point, points than your opponent. Don't rely on the defense and just go out and put up 35 points and win the game, right? That's what the offense is required to do. This team, or really even the last couple of years, but especially this year, is relying on great defensive play and good run running game to, to win games. And it's early on. It is doing just that. Even if it's ugly, say what you want. The defense and the running game are winning us games. Now give it to week 17, and this passing game is going to look 10 times different than what it look, look, looks like right now. So if we can continue this way of winning for now, let the offense get his rhythm going, put it all together in January and win a championship. I'm going to, I'll be fine. Barely beating <laughs> a third string quarterback on week four. Yeah. That's, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I think you make a good point, you know, this, this offense and I think this defense to a certain extent is still gelling. Um, there's still some pieces that are kind of reintegrating, um, it felt like Elton Jenkins had a pretty rough day, which you don't normally expect from him. Um, so it's possible that it'll take a bit for him to reacclimate. Um, and then on, on defense, there were there were definitely some struggles, like we mentioned in in run defense. Uh, what what were your thoughts on the run defense? Like what the issue was there? Yeah, I think one of the one of the main things was not setting the edge. 
Uh, yeah. we, saw, we saw a lot of runs to the outside, um, which really is disappointing for me because uh, last year, I mean, I know we haven't seen Zedaria Smith on the field for really two years, but you know, last year I was so happy with moving on from Zedaria Smith and to Preston Smith because he did set the edge so well last year. In my mm-hmm. opinion, last season he played relatively well against the run, specifically setting his, his edge. Uh, and that just hasn't been the case this year, but not only him, it's yeah. been a whole run defense. Um, and it's, it's getting to the point, again, quarter-ish way through the season, it's getting to the point where you either need to do something about it or sign a free agent that you think may be able to help. That would be, um, it, of course, the name is leave, leave Me Right Now, but who's the linebacker we signed last year? That's Torres Peck. Whitney Merciless. Whitney Merciless, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm not saying Whitney, Whitney Merciless would have helped much against the run, but a, a signing like that, right, to a veteran come in, experience, run game, um, and hopefully makes a difference on the team. But for the most part, we have the personnel that we're going to have. Make a yeah. change, make an adjustment. Um, but I will say that this this um, defense did win today without Jair Alexander and mostly without Adrian Amos. Give him credit for that. Um we saw a good play out of Keyshawn Nixon, saw a good play out of um, Rudy Rudy Ford, who took over for the, the safety position. So it wasn't all bad, uh, but definitely felt like a game we should have won by 10-plus 10, 10 points. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree that the the run defense issue starts up front. It felt like even, you know, even guys like Kenny Clark were getting pushed around a little bit more than you normally see from them. Um, it, it was kind of a big change, a drastic change from last week where they held their own really well against the Bucks' offensive line. Now. I think the Patriots' offensive line is better than the Bucks, and that's, I think, something I pointed out. I wanted to see how they would be able to perform against a, a better O-line this week. But I, I think that they're, they may have been coming off an, an emotional win against a team that has beat them in some pretty heartbreaking ways in the past. And so there, there might have been a bit of a letdown, for not just for the defense, but for the team as a whole. But, yeah, I, I agree. Just up front, you know, setting the edge holding up on the interior, even the linebackers. Uh, Devondre Campbell had some rough moments where he wasn't able to, you know, track down runs as well as he should have, tackle tackle those runs as well as he should have. So that's something I'm going to be looking for them to improve. Um, obviously, it's, got, it's going to be a tough ask. You know, they're going on a pretty, uh, well, a, a massive road trip, obviously, overseas. Um, but it's something that they, they need to get figured out because essentially what the Patriots were able to do is they were able to, the, the Packers, because they couldn't stop the run very well, they had to drop a safety into the box and the Patriots were able to take care, take advantage of that with play action, deep shots. And that's how we saw, you know, the first, uh, the passing touchdown that um, the Patriots quarterback, his name is escaping me for some reason. Uh Felipe or, or oh no ba- Bailey Zappi uh, Zappi Zappi that's yeah. <laughs> yeah Felipe I think Felipe Franks I think he actually converted to tight end on the Falcons <laughs> oh well, there you go yeah ra- random quarterback facts for you Perfect. um but yeah just that that kind of it, it puts the defense in a bind I mean people were saying you know Joe Barry should adjust or whatever it he made adjustments they, there's not a whole lot a coordinator can do if his guys aren't able to play well up front um. So that's something I think that needs to get better. And you hope that, you know, with, with another week of practice, with another week of drilling, uh, they'll be able to figure that out. But, yeah, it's definitely something that I think needs to get fixed, especially playing the Giants next week. We're going to want to lean on Saquon Barkley. Especially Green Bay is going into a very similar situation this, this next week, possibly a third-string quarterback with Daniel Jones out and Tyrod Taylor now getting hurt this week. 
you know, possible third string quarterback. We're looking at a, and then we're looking at a very strong run game in in a a, a offensive line that's clearly playing well. And then yeah. Saquon Barkley, who's going off, I think he's had 150 more than 150 yards at least twice this season, if not more. Um, and he's an elite back in itself. So it's going to be another test for this defense to see if they can actually make an impact against the run against yeah. the team that needs to run in preparation for teams that can run like that, but don't have to because they have a quarterback they can throw. So very, very interesting matchup this week. And uh, Green Bay could definitely lose if they don't, you know, handle that run game. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we've got the trap game over with. The team comes out a little better, able to play better, or ready to play in London, even though it's a tough road game. Um, because, yeah, we, we need to see something better than what we saw uh, the, this Sunday. Yeah. Um, on offense, what, what's your take on kind of what the issue was during, especially during that early to middle portion of the game? You know, Rogers ending the half with 44 passing yards. That was that was brutal to see. Um, yeah. And I, it felt like when when Aaron Jones got the ball, the offense was humming. And when they didn't give him the ball, it was the complete opposite. So and I get it. Right? I, I, I get people's reactions. Why do you take the ball out of Aaron Jones hand? Just give him the ball, give him the ball. And I get that. I do. But but. That's not always going to work. Aaron Jones is going to get, you know, have his rough games every once in a while. You need to find other outlets, other ways of moving the ball. So when Aaron Jones just goes down and helps you score on a 70-yard drive and he he accumulates 60 of the yards, right? Something drastic like that. And then you come out the very next drive and you throw it three times in a row and you don't include Aaron Jones in it at all. I get the frustration, 100% I do. But yeah. also, they're trying to formulate something else besides him because you can't be a one-trick pony on offense. Um, you know, I love the Christian Watson reverse for the touchdown. Yeah. I, I love, you know, Romeo Dubs, even with his drop in the end zone, he's still showing that he's a great contributor and can be a big part of this offense. Um, I ju- It just feels like they're still gelling, still putting things together. And, you know, for the interim, the, the defense is, is is doing enough to to pull out these Ws. Yeah, and it is worth pointing out, you know, the pick six kind of elevated the Patriots' final score. They really only scored seventeen points, um, yep. so it is a, you know, that's that's fairly good, uh, a fairly good defensive performance. I think that's something you can win with uh, if you have a struggling offense. And Packers were able to win with it ultimately, but you just, yeah, you got to clean up those mistakes. One big thing, the Packers are turning the ball over a ton, right? They they've had. I think at least, I mean, they've had one turnover in every game this year, and I think they might have had at least two turnovers. They had um, the two fumbles against the Bears. They had an interception and a fumble against the Vikings. They had an interception and a fumble this week. I can't remember against Tampa Bay. I know they had an interception then. They're turning the ball over at least twice. You know, they've turned it over at least twice, three out of the last four games. That's something they have to get cleaned up if they want to win against top-tier teams. Aaron Rodgers has three interceptions this season already. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's wow. kind of crazy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so 100%. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's 100%. That's, there's no question about that. Getting Being on the, the, the plus side of the turnover margin is, is an absolute must if you're going to win late games and or, or meaningful games. And, you know, the, the good news is, is that we don't need, we're not playing meaningful games right now and we're still winning. So um, I don't think this, this interception trend is going to continue with Aaron Rodgers. Just he's, he's been doing it for, you know, what, how long has he been starting? 16 years? 15 years? like that, yeah. <laughs> so, and he's never had a, a bad, quote unquote, bad touchdown interception ratio. So that will get corrected 100%. Um, and, you know, the fumble today, there's, 
you it seems like you make excuses for everything. A little bit thing, bad thing here, a little bit bad thing there. It's just you know today Dubs or Dobbs had the pass thrown forward of him, kind of messed the whole thing up. Aaron Rodgers even took ownership of the throw that kind of led to the fumble. It, but it just you know one freak thing after one freak thing. If freak things keep happening every week, then it's not no longer yeah. a freak thing. So they do need to get corrected. Um, I'm just glad that we're able to win now rather than losing these games and setting ourselves setting ourselves up for a, a, a rough finish. Yeah, definitely. And and it's kind of it's kind of nice we have a bit of an easy stretch to start the season. You hope, yeah. hopefully you can get this stuff ironed out. Um, you know, I guess that's something to thank the NFL schedule makers for even though they, you know, gave us a trip to London without a bye week afterwards and you know, put us in some other tough situations. At least we have that that early stretch to kind of get the offense figured out. Um What's what's your opinion on the offensive line? I, I know some people have suggested moving Elton Jenkins to one of the guard spots and putting Josh Nyman at right tackle. What, what's your? I, I think we've kind of talked about this, but what's your take on that uh, as I, of right now? I was just going to say, I think we brought it up last week. Josh Nijman played his entire senior year at um, right tackle. He has experience there, and he plays extremely well at left tackle. Um you know, I don't. I don't necessarily know if Elton Jenkins had had a had a bad game today, but he definitely struggled at times. Yeah. Um. And that's something that we rarely see from him. So I don't know if you know a knee jerk reaction right now to put Josh Nijman in there is is the right move, right? Uh. But I do. That is that is my my hope, right? Is that long term we can plan on moving. Yash, anyone, right? Anyone that can play it well. But right now, the first name that comes to mind is Yash Nijman to right tackle, then allowing Elton Jenkins to play that true guard position because that is where he excels at. That's where he is the best at. He's, he is great at every offensive line position, which is incredible, but he is best at, at that guard position. And uh, if there's a way we can get him back there, this offensive, this offensive line will will look leaps and bounds better and they don't even look that bad i don't know off the top of my head how many times aaron Rodgers yeah. was sacked today but it was only once oh yep only once so and i think it was the same way against the buccaneers very little yeah. um and that game aaron Rodgers said he didn't even notice when bachiari and yash even were rotating he just forgot about that side of the line which is an insanely big compliment so his offensive line has been playing well at this point in time it's just little little um adjustments here and there but one of those adjustments could be finding a way to get Elton Jenkins who to guard, which would elevate this offensive line even more. Yeah, I, I admit I've been a little bit hesitant to suggest that just because I'm not, I don't think it's a guarantee since even though he played in college at right tackle that Neiman, uh, Nyman is going to be good in the NFL. I think I, I kind of wonder if, you know, they moved him to left tackle to break some bad habits and kind of recreate his mechanics and that sort of thing at, at a new position. And I wonder if they're, you know, they fear moving him to right tackle because they think he could revert to those old bad habits. I do find it kind of telling, you know, the Packers, they they highly value versatility, right? They're playing guys everywhere. They're playing Zach Tom at every position. They're playing, you know, a, a bunch of guys in training camp all over the place. I think it's telling they never played Josh Nyman at anywhere except left tackle. And I'm, now, I, I think that Matt LaFleur did mention that they did a couple times in practices that weren't open to reporters. But the fact that they haven't even tried that in an offensive line room that really – they're willing to do that with pretty much any player. But the, the fact that they're not doing that is kind of 
kind of weird to me and kind of makes me think that maybe he's not a good, he wouldn't be very good at right tackle. But again, it's hard to say. Um, They may just have wanted to try to put Elton at right tackle. That is an extremely good point that I had not even considered. The fact that they, and and really obviously Bacciari, he's only played left tackle. Josh Myers has only played center, right? But so, but those two are, those two are kind of, locks those are understood but everyone else you're 100 percent right i've played everywhere on the offensive line except for yash I mean, he's only played left tackle so there may be a reason there for 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 that but uh i've i correct me if i'm wrong zach tom he he, he has some experience at right tackle or is that not or or he he, he, played, he played some in the preseason i remember preseason, playing so some in the preseason there's definitely some candidates out there to to yeah take that spot and and i and again you know if elton jenkins struggles again next week um, then maybe have these conversations. I don't think change your whole game plan after one rough game, right. but, but definitely keep that in consideration. And and you know, if the, unless you're you make also make a good point, unless there's a reason that they're worried about him reverting back to some old bad habits, um, I just just put him in there and just see if he plays well at right tackle for Yash yeah. Nijman and just see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely something that that we can be looking for moving forward. Um, yep. But yeah, the, I think that the the offensive line just needs to continue to mesh. The offense just needs can needs to continue to mesh. Um, I thought that Aaron Rodgers he, there there were some chances to push the ball deep. I, that's something I really wanted them to get to a little bit more. You know, roll them out on some play action. They hardly did that at all. And it's possible that on film the Patriots were blitzing that type of look, which can be dangerous as an offense. Um, but I, I just would have liked to see them push the ball downfield a little, little bit more because the, sa- the Patriots were just rolling safeties into the box, just condensing everything. And it makes it really hard for those short passes, makes it hard to run the ball, which has kind of been the Packers, the main parts of the Packers game plan. But I, I think they just need to push the ball deep a little bit. And that could be, they, they could have a chance to do that against the Giants defense that's banged up. Um, I believe a starting corner and a safety went out. Uh, with injuries during this game. They've also got a very basic defensive coordinator. And I don't mean any disrespect to Gus Bradley, but the, the the book on him is out there. He just plays cover three, which means you have the seams open, you can attack deep, but the box is going to be loaded. Guys are going to be attacking gaps. And you, you have to, I think, push the ball deep a little bit more against a, a defense like that. And which So I'm, I'm hoping that we'll see that a little bit more this this upcoming week against the Giants. And and I love that you mentioned the play action thing because you have a guy in Christian Watson that yeah exactly ridiculously fast. I get the drop week one. I get it. Give him another chance. Go out there. Um, and and one of those plays, right? It could change the entire landscape of a game. And Christian Watson, even as a rookie, twenty two years, twenty one years old, whatever how old he is, right? <laughs> he has the speed to absolutely beat any. Any secondary. I was in person for the week one unfortunate game against, <laughs> against the Vikings. And I was, I saw it. I saw it. it was, I was, granted, I was up pretty high, but it was right in front of me. I saw Christian Watson. He blew by that, that Patrick Peterson and that, and that secondary, like they were standing still. This kid is not 40 yard dash time fast. <laughs> he is actual football fast. And I should say not only 40 yard dash time, but this kid is football fast and he is going to make a difference on this team 
when he gets fully involved, when he gets more chances, when he gets more confidence, whatever it is that's limiting, whatever the difference is right now between Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, whenever whenever that difference is, is closed and there's no longer a difference, this kid is going to be an insane weapon, and I cannot wait. Yeah, it, it was kind of surprising to me. It felt like the Packers, they were pushing the ball deep, you know, at, at times during that second half. But it was all, you know, guys like Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs, who I, you know, like. I think they have a place in the offense even doing that, especially Dobbs. But why, why not put Christian Watson out there? He's, his speed is just insane. Like, you know, he, he caught you know, on that end round. It looked like he was just jogging to the end zone. And he outran everyone uh, in the, in the Patriots defense, you know. He, his speed is game-changing. I, I feel like they have to find a way to integrate that a little bit more. Yeah, getting that, that and that's what they that's what they brought him in for. That's what they brought Sammy yeah. Watkins in for, to exactly. have that speed, to make up for what we lost in Marquez Valdez-Scatling. And uh, you know, it just seems like they have it right now. They just may not be utilizing it. But, uh, you know, if we start seeing it, if we're not seeing it right now, but we start seeing it in weeks 10 through 17, who am I to complain? Yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> for winning games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, just one, one other thing I wanted to touch on, kind of going back to the defensive side of the ball. I know there were some, you know, there was some stuff that didn't go as well as may have been hoped, right? Gave up some touchdowns, gave up some points that you hope to avoid against an inexperienced quarterback. But can we talk about this third down defense? Because I, for all the crap that Joe Barry gets, he is scheming up some awesome stuff on third down. You know, a, a lot of credit is due to his pass rushers, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark. They've been winning really well. They've been dominating. But he's also scheming them up to get one-on-ones, right? He He's putting Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark away from where the offensive line is sliding, so they essentially have one-on-ones. He's blitzing, you know, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell at times. Even Darnell Savage has been used on blitzes at times. Um, what, one of my favorite plays was, I think it was the final third down, Overtime, they have to hold the Patriots. They short of a first down to you know stop them getting a field goal to win the game. Joe Barry sends all out blitz, zero blitz. Right, he just sends Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell up the a gaps. He loops Jaron Reed around on a stunt, and then you know Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, and Preston Smith are one on one, and they you know they're able to blow past their protector, the the pass protectors. You know, get pressure, force uh, Bailey Zappi to roll out and throw it incomplete, and I. You know, I, I love that what he's been able to do. It's really creative, both in the types of you know fronts that he's using, the coverages that he's using. He's just finding ways to good guys in good positions that uh, I, I just really enjoy seeing. You know, I saw a stat by I think it was Andy Herman on Twitter um, that the last I think it was eleven minutes and fourteen seconds of the of the fourth quarter, the the, the Patriots went three and out. It was there three or four times. And after that 11 minute, 14 second mark in the quarter, the last quarter, the Patriots accumulated a total of 15 yards, which is yeah absolutely absurd. But, but to your point about the third, third down defense, what this, this defense is getting so good on third down that once you hit third down against this defense, you get the punt team ready. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, because this team is lethal on third down. Um, and you're right. The pass rush, the the, the pass rush design, the, the fact that they have Rashawn Gary who can win one on one versus almost anyone, it seems like, mm-hmm. um, really bodes well for you know the ability to be effective on third down. But you can't can't you know don't shy away from giving Joe Barry credit because he absolutely deserves it. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think that he gets a lot of crap for stuff he doesn't necessarily have that that he can't necessarily help. You know, the the play uh, of his players. You know, he can't always handle that. You can just put them into positions to succeed and hope yep. that they do. Um, but you know, that's kind of a rant for another time. Um, I, I don't think he's some crazy defensive mastermind, but I think he does some really cool stuff, you know, yep. passing downs and in, in different situations. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that was kind of one, just the last, one of the last things I wanted to touch on. Was there anything else that you wanted to get to? No, I think that, that, that you should, we need to make a, a good point to remember that today, uh, the defense allowed 17 points, right? And no matter who the offensive offensive quarterback was, they allowed 17 points. Um, they were great in situational football, like I just mentioned, late in the game. And they were without Jair Alexander. And essentially, they were out w- without Adrian Amos, who went out very, very yeah. early in the game. Um, which I'm going to give a shout out to our medical staff. <laughs> Congrats on being cautious. Yeah. I think we can all agree that everything's going on in the NFL right now. We can People are giving getting more... Um, gratitude for a cautious medical team, which Green Bay has had for for decades, feels like. So, uh, but this defense is playing well. They're helping us win games. They are. They are not. They're not helping. They are winning us games. And uh, um, yeah, I think they're doing enough right now, and they're only gonna get better by by season's end. Yeah, definitely. Well, before we get to a brief preview of the uh, matchup with the Giants in London, I just want to give a quick break for uh, some messages from our sponsors. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, we are back. Going to be previewing the Giants-Packers game in London real quick here. It's technically a home game, but obviously overseas, so you don't really get a lot of the benefits. They, you know, staying in home, a home stadium, staying in, you know, a familiar environment. And obviously, you know, you know, a lot of wear and tear from the the trip on the road. Um, the, you know, good news if you're a Packers fan is this Giants team is really, really beat up. You mentioned Daniel Jones; he went out with an injury uh, during this week's game against the Bears. It's another ankle injury, so we could have another situation similar to Mac Jones, where you got a quarterback nursing an ankle injury in the week leading up to it. And then uh, Tyrod Taylor. Like, like you mentioned, I think uh, he got injured as well after coming in for uh, Daniel Jones. Um, sounds like they actually, they tried to piece together an offense with using wildcat formations and all that sort of thing. Um, if they do, or if they are down both Jones and Tyrod Taylor, then uh, Davis Webb would be the backup quarterback. Uh, so it's just something to keep an eye on that, that injury report leading up to the game. It's going to be kind of ironic if the Packers faced a third string quarterback for the second week in a row. Um, hopefully, you know, they can hold them to a few less points than they did this week. Uh, a couple other injuries, uh, I mentioned earlier, starting corner, Aaron Robinson. Um, he suffered a knee injury. Safety Julian Love had a, con- suffered a concussion. Um, right tackle Evan Neal left the game with a neck injury. Uh, sounds like his status, he could still play, um, but, you know, obviously up in the air. Uh, wide receiver Kenny Galladay was injured. Um, they already lost wide receiver Sterling Shepard for the year. So the Giants are looking pretty beat up at this at this point in time. Um, what are, what are some you know some matchups you're going to be looking to exploit a little bit uh, as we kind of look forward to that game? Just kind of as as a preliminary some preliminary thoughts. You you, you want to see uh, first of all you want to see what we do to the Giants what we should have done to the Patriots and just have a convincing win with or without yeah. Saquon Barkley going off which they're obviously going to try and do have a convincing victory um, but take advantage right this if, if <coughs> excuse me if we get Jair Alexander back take advantage of that lock down their wide receivers don't give their quarterback anything to throw at make them completely one dimensional and then. Um, that we kind of already talked hit on it, but but give Christian Watson shots. This defense is going to allow us to give some shots, not only yeah. from from the injuries that you mentioned, but the 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 um, cover three that you mentioned that co- that defensive coordinator likes to play. Um, we need to see. Sh- I would like I, I would like to see shots downfield. <laughs> I would like feed Aaron Jones the ball, but don't become heavily heavily reliant. Aaron Jones had 19 touches today total, 16 rushes three receptions and it felt like a lot more than that to be honest with you i yeah. thought i thought the, the the stat sheet was going to say 25 plus this is a game where i would 100 okay with i mean any game really i am but this is definitely a game where i'm okay with 25 plus touches for aaron jones but involve some christian watson end arounds like we did today give christian watson a shot deep obviously feed romeo dubs and alan lazard um it's going to be a game that i think that we should win easily but you know, that should happen today so you never know yeah, definitely, and and I think I kind of mentioned touched on it earlier in the episode. Uh, that that run defense needs to be fixed, right? The the players need to play better up front. Um, they can't, you know, Saquon Barkley, especially if the quarterback is injured, that's going to be the guy they're going to feed, and so you have to be able to stop that uh, if you're the Packers. You know, 
get get to those third downs, right? Win those early downs, get to those certain longs so Joe Barry can unleash what some of the stuff he's been doing um, and, and win, win on those downs. And then, yeah, like you said, the offense, I think there's going to be chances for them to take deep shots. I think you can also attack the outside of the defense a little bit more, right, with some of that pin pull outside zone. You know, offenses have had success attacking those cover three hot heavy defenses with that before. Um, so yeah, and that, those are some stuff, you know, to, to watch, obviously the injury report's going to be big. Adrian Amos, Jair Alexander are both, you know, huge parts of the secondary and the defense as a whole, really. And so that's something that, you know, the Packers would really benefit from having them back. Um, but yeah, those, those are kind of the main, the main things we, I wanted to mention, um, before we get out of here, was there anything else you wanted to touch on as we kind of look forward to that Giants game? Nope. That was it. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I believe, yeah, first ever game uh, in London, at least. It might be overseas for the Packers, right? First it might be. Overseas. It might be, yep. Yeah. Uh, so that that's going to be pretty exciting. We're going to be able to witness history a little bit. Um, it's going to be an extra early game. Let me look up. It is 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 6.30 East, or 6, excuse me, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. So Perfect. Thank early. you. Yeah. yeah, so ni- nice and early for pretty much everyone in the U.S. Um, I know there's a lot of Packers fans over in the U.K. that are super pumped to be able to see this, so this is awesome for them. But, yeah, we'll uh, be there to recap that game uh, afterwards and then uh, talk about the next matchup. So want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Rocks podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network, and we will see you again soon. <laughs>